The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Brandon, do we dare change the name of Brandon Day to Ailment Day? Because you and I are a sad couple of sacks these days. I mean, happy Brandon Day to you, obviously, but I I worry we might need to change the name. What do you think? Happy Brandon Day, and I think we are figuring out a way to bring up a new ailment every single week. And honestly, I'm going to blame this on you. (laughs) Ever since we started doing this podcast together... I have become an absolute mess, and I am blaming this on you. Yeah. Old man Bezverus is coming over towards old man Marcus now. Oh, yeah. It's contagious. You get around me, and the old man flavor just rubs off all over you. Who wants it's to the go? the most f- contagious thing there is. <laughs> Who wants to go first this week? Who wants to drop their ailment at the start of the show? Me or you? You go first. Me? You go first. Okay, so I haven't... Brandon's told me his ailment, and I mentioned it earlier uh, this week on the pod in case you were unable to, to join me today. Uh, mine is a contact dermatitis. Oh, yes. Uh, and I have no clue where it came from, but like right what around my that? right knee, I, I don't wear shorts ever. So there's never a time where something outside my pants should be touching the area near my knee on my leg. I have no clue where this could have possibly come from. But yeah, the area around my right knee is uh, is super itchy and it's... um. It's annoying. So I had to go get some calamine lotion, and I've been rubbing that up and down my leg. How's that for a nice start to your day? Wow, that, that's really bad. Uh, let's preface this, by the way, before I go to mine, that not only am I having ailments, but my computer is having ailments. So <laughs> if I somehow drop off during this podcast, this will be you going solo. But yesterday, twice, I had it basically like the Matrix took over my computer, and it just restarted. Ooh. So um, I think my computer's kind of on its last legs. We're going to try and crank this out with you and hopefully get the Clippers podcast done as well. Um, but yeah, that now, should I go to my ailment? Yeah, which, yeah. We haven't even introduced the show yet. I need your ailment first. No, it's, it's ailment time first. <laughs> the show comes second. <laughs> so, of course, I have obviously had all the eye stuff and things are going well there. I, I've g- been given the uh, green light to get a contact on my left eye. So uh, we're going to see great in both eyes soon, Excellent. which is really nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but apparently, uh, I was in San Diego this uh, past week. It was supposed to be a great vacation. And all of a sudden, on Thursday, started getting you know, a little achy, got a fever. I was like, oh, well, this is not great, not ideal. Next day, had a sore throat, went to the doctor. They're like, yeah, it looks like you have a throat infection. Okay, that's unfortunate. Tested for strep. I don't have strep. Okay, that's positive, but it'd be nice to know what I have. Um, then the next day, my feet. Um, I looked down. And they, they got a lot of blisters on them. Oh, that's cool. You oh. know what I have? This some same thing that my freaking nephews have had before: hand, foot, and mouth. Kids are supposed to get this disease, not adults. But <laughs> look at me. I've got it, and I gave it to my fiance. So great. Can I tell you something that I, I didn't text you? You told me you had this, and I and I sort of chuckled to myself because somehow I haven't caught this one yet. Knock on wood. Uh, you are the second. Hoop ball podcaster to come down with hand, foot, and mouth. The other was uh, Dr. Eric Noble, who was one of the hosts of our Lakers show last year. Uh, he caught it because one of his patients had it. And so, I, I mean, I guess that's the thing that can possibly happen. But you are, believe it or not, the not the first uh, old HFM sufferer here in the hoop ball pod realm. I don't know if this one can be fully blamed on me. It's one of the few things I haven't had yet. 
Yeah, but it still can be blamed on you. It's just yeah, bad juju true. surrounding you. Yeah, it really is. I'm so frail. And I'm hardier. The, the most amazing stat here, and if you want to get into the analytics of my ailments, is that uh, this is basically the hardiest I've been. I mean, I was, I was way more frail 10 years ago than I am right now. Can you even imagine? Good heavens. Uh, oh, my goodness. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today, everyone. This is, believe it or not, the same Fantasy NBA show you have uh, become used to. But we got Ailment Wednesday. It's Brandon Day. Uh, I am Dan Baspris. He is Brandon Marcus at BD Marcus. At uh, second letter is D as in dog on Twitter at Dan Baspris. If you can spell it, you can find me. This is a hoop ball presentation, also brought to you by our good pals at Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Uh, getting everything geared up for this coming season with our guys over at, at HI Kona Coffee. They will be most likely associated with our draft guide coverage. Uh, of course, still here with us on the podcast. I know Aaron Bruski is low on coffee. He has a kid that's due in like the next six weeks, so you can expect uh, the great AB here uh, to be caffeinated to the hilt for the next eight to nine months, I would think. Maybe more. Possibly more. And that'll likely be thanks to our buddies at Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. HawaiianIsles.com is the website. Hawaiian Isles on Amazon. Again, HI Kona Coffee on Twitter. Go check them out. Do it post-haste. We're... We're in, uh, I haven't come up with a great name for this portion of the year, Brandon. We we finished up the Fantasy 101 stuff from last week. We're into kind of team reanalysis. And, you know, we did the post-mortem stuff back in May. Now they've made all of their free agent moves. Things have settled. And it's time to really start digging into kind of what to expect on the fantasy front. So I'm sure you're super excited that uh, today happens to fall on the Kings and the Suns. On a scale from 1 to 10, I mean, how how jazzed up are you for these two teams? Oh, man. I am as jazzed up as Robert Sarver is to own the Suns. That's <laughs> so quite jazzed. Can I, uh, can I put a goat in your office? Is that... Yeah. Uh, can I do that? Is that okay? Go ahead. All right. I mean, well, well, maybe you'll catch something from it. That would make for an interesting podcast. Oh, oh. Uh, dealer's choice. You want to start with Phoenix or Sacramento? Phoenix. All right, fair enough. Phoenix Suns. The 2019-2020 Phoenix Suns are a confusing roster, at the very least. Uh, they're sporting players that they didn't have last year, like Dario Saric. So at least we have some fun names to say on this roster. Uh, Aaron Baines is a son. Ricky Rubio they brought in in free agency. Frank Kaminsky, Czech Diallo. There's a lot going on with this team in a super confusing offseason that you add already to uh, guys that were on the team, even whether it's short-term, like a Tyler Johnson and uh, Kelly Oubre, who came over mid-season last year. Devin Booker, obviously, still there. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre Ayton. This team had a lot of fantasy value last season because they didn't really play any defense and guys went nuts and Booker was out all the time. So why don't we just start effectively at the top? And I think it's going to surprise a lot of people to hear that the number one ranked son from last season was not Devin Booker. It was DeAndre Ayton as well. Right. Surprised me as well. I went to go look to see where he was ranked. And I saw he was ranked in the 30s. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, now turnovers play a big role in that. He had four per game, which was among the tops in the NBA. Uh, And effectively, I'm just going to say it's tops in the NBA because the only guys that were in front of him in that category were James Harden, who he could make five turnovers a game and no one would care because he was carrying his team, and Russell Westbrook, who also had a little over four turnovers but averaged a triple-double. 
So to me, Devin Booker's kind of the albatross in that. But what does he go up or down, I guess, is the question. Because we kind of know who he is at this point, right? He's, he's a guy that's not going to do much on the defensive side. Uh, his shooting percentage was actually not bad last year. He was up near 47 from the field, 87 at the free throw line on high-volume numbers. He's going to score. He's going to get some assists, although I've got to think that number comes down with Ricky Rubio in town. Can he fix the massive turnover issue? If he can, he could actually jump up in nine-cat rankings pretty fast. Well, here's the issue, and uh, it's that assist total because he's not going to play point guard this year. Uh, so with Rubio there, the assist numbers will drop probably about two assists to what it was the year before. He was 4.7 the year before. Um, and then also the turnovers were 3.6 the year before. So it's not really a surprise to see him hit that four mark. The question will be the field goal percentage. Because if he can stay at that 46% as opposed to the 43 from the year before, he'll be solid. Um, but it does worry me that we're most likely going to see him drop in two different categories, that being field goal percentage and assists. He's a guy I rarely end up with on my fantasy teams because he so doesn't hurt. do... Yeah, he's always hurt. Uh, he played most of the season his first two years. Last two seasons, he's combined for just 118 games. 59 a year on average. That's incredibly low. And yeah, He's great when he's playing, but uh, I can't afford him sitting out as many games as he usually does. So let me ask you this. Do you think that... Uh, this is a little bit Anthony Davis-esque in that when they finally feel like they're playing for something, they'll push him through more of the little stuff? Or is he a guy that just has like medium severity injuries that are it's going to cause him to miss games regardless of how much the games matter? I don't think we know. I, I don't think yeah. we know because it's one of those things where he is day-to-day usually with these injuries and it's we, we find out that morning or that afternoon that he's not going to play that night and he'll once in a while get a late scratch so you would think that would mean something that he could play through but at the same time we don't know we don't have really a sample size to go from where we see his toughness and what he plays through I mean obviously this is a guy that obviously is tough no matter what all these guys are tough but some play through injuries way more than others a la Clay Thompson so you just need to kind of wait and see and hope that they can contend. But that's another thing that you have an issue with a guy like Devin Booker, that not only is he going to hurt you because he's going to be hurt, he's also going to hurt you because most likely they're going to sh- they're going to shut him down at the end of the year if they're losing and he is not healthy. And they are going to lose again less year, this year. I mean, we can most likely, although yeah. I like some of the players on their team. I like Sarich. I like Rubio. I like Booker. I like Aiton. I mean, they don't have a bad, bad team. But the West is just too good. Yeah, it's too good. I mean, they have a more interesting fantasy team, I think, than they do reality team. Mm-hmm. So if you were drafting guys on this team, I mean, I think I'd have to say Devin Booker would be the second guy drafted again. And I, Yo, he's, he's probably going to go. Yeah, eight and first, right? Yeah, 100%. It's not yeah. even close. Uh, I think that we talked about this before with bigs that help your free throw percentage and how there are not that many and with Aiton able to shoot around 75% and give you 24 and 10, that's pretty damn good. I agree. I agree. And he's a guy that should, like, we. I think we know what Devin Booker is. I don't think we fully know what DeAndre Aiton could be. He's only been in the league one year. He's a guy that should get better. Yes, correct. And you're a guy who doesn't draft rookies. So I don't. Obviously, you didn't end up with Aiton last year, I'm assuming, in any leagues. So this year, though, how early would you grab him? 
Ooh, that's a real good question. Uh, I think he's almost guaranteed to finish where he was last year or better. So uh, I have Aiton as the number 33 guy on a per-game basis in 9-cat at uh, 16 and 10 with a steal and a block on 59 from the field, 75 at the free-throw line, which you mentioned already. Yeah, I don't know how much the the scoring and the rebounding change. I would think a little bit, uh, but you know maybe not a ton. I just think it's going to be small little incremental jumps for him free throw percentage probably gets a little bit better you know maybe you see like an extra point one to two points maybe half a rebound little stuff like that where you know he's just sort of growing into the NBA uh and that's enough to push a guy from 33 to in the 20s so I think once you get past about 25 to 30 then you do have a little bit of a profit margin with him uh but obviously you know the goal is to get all these guys as late as possible because <laughs> then you create the most value on their name. But I, I think I'd take him as early as the third round. Yep, same here. Because you got to assume, by the way, that his steals and blocks are going to go up. Just a guy that is known for his defense. Um, at Arizona, he was really all over the place. So you would think that those numbers would go up maybe to 1.3. Um, and even so, if that is small uptick, but that does help. And those are the little things that help you go up, like you say, from... 30, 30, 35 or so to around 25 or 20. That's the, that's the hope. And I, you know, I think, Brandon, I wouldn't be surprised if people continued to take Devin Booker ahead of Aiden. I think he goes off the board first in a lot of drafts. Oh, wow. I, I want to be in those leagues because I don't think, no way. I, I don't think people they's... love him. People yeah. are nuts for Devin Booker because he scores and he puts yeah. up 70 points in a game. I mean, that, that, that's what people like. Yeah. You're right, and they do, and they'll yeah. continue to. People yeah. overlook the injury stuff and you know the bad defensive numbers and the high turnovers because a guy can score 50, yeah. 60 points on, a, on any given night. To me, he feels like a guy that, and the injury stuff is a big deal, but Booker feels like a guy that, that fits a little bit more in a head-to-head than Roto. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%, because you can go ahead and tank turnovers. Uh, we had a whole conversation back and forth that I saw you were uh, in about tanking uh, categories and how... There's a listener that thinks that it for sure works. And sure, if you want to go ahead and throw turnovers out the window, that's when you bump up a guy like Booker because you know he's going to help you in several other categories. But like you said, the defensive number is still not there. Yeah, and he could blow up for 200 points and like 14 yes. three-pointers and 30 assists on any given week, and you're just like, oh, swell. But in a Roto League, that's all going to average out with the week where he doesn't do as much. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's out. Exactly. And it sounds for 15, 18, 20 games or whatever it might be. So to me, yeah, I mean, when you're looking at kind of the top dogs on this team, it sounds like you and I agree. DeAndre Ayton is is a, a cut above. Clearly the, the guy that should have the higher end of season value between the two. Yeah. Okay. Let's dig into some of the other names. Uh, to me, there's kind of like a middle tier of slightly more uh, well-known basketball players on this team, and that tier might just be Ricky Rubio, depending on you know how well-known you think a guy like Tyler Johnson or Dario Saric is. Uh, what about Oubre? Because uh, where did he end up? I'm curious to see. I don't know if you're able to pull this up in terms of like the last month or two. He was great. Uh, he yeah. was outstanding with Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, I think to throw him in there as well. His Phoenix Suns numbers, uh, he played the final 40 games of the year with the Suns, which, by the way, surprised me. I didn't realize he was there for that long. Uh he played. Uh, he averaged seventeen five and one and a half with one point four steals, a block, and one point seven three pointers. He was, he was a stud muffin with, with Phoenix. Uh, 
do any of the creatures that are on this team, I mean, can anybody, here's the, here's the issue I'm running into with this club, is that I look at the roster and I almost don't know where guys are playing. Is he their starting small forward? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you would assume that um, Sarich would play the four, Aiton would play the five, and then the one, two would be Rubio and Booker. Yeah, I suppose so. Where do guys like Tyler Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, where do they fall in this mix? They come off the bench. You're not going to start Bridges. Bridges was not that good last year. Yeah, he was really a steel specialist for a long stretch. Yeah, hmm. and Tyler Johnson's not a starter. I mean, whenever they try and start him, he's not that great. Do you think people forgot that Oubre was so much better with Phoenix than he was with Washington, or do you think people are going to remember that? I think people will forget. I, I, I don't think he'll right. be ranked as high as he should be. Um, that's a guy that has kind of like Robert Covington-esque uh, feel around him in terms of being able to help in several different categories. Um, someone that not really talked about. So, yeah, I think Oubre's a guy that you could grab later on. Maybe I missed something here. I don't even play. Was it 40 overall? I got to get this right. No, they're saying he played 69 games last year. So I guess he did play 40 games with Phoenix. That really surprises the hell out of me. Yeah. I can't wrap my head around that. Uh, basically, his time with Phoenix, he was a top 50 guy. That's the that's the quick and dirty on it. He finished top 100. Yeah. Because he was hovering just outside of that with Washington. So it's fun. Somebody gave him a few extra minutes and said, here, I'm going to... You don't even have to worry about Devin Booker. We're going to shut his butt down. You just go do whatever the hell you want. There is a little bit, I think, of a clouding with things in Phoenix because of who actually played for them down the stretch. So guys like Bridges, Oubre, they got to do a little bit more late last year. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned, and I, and I do like a lot of the fantasy assets on this team, um, but I am a little bit concerned that when they're healthy, then you end up back in this this sort of chucker mentality where everybody just falls behind Booker taking his 25 shots a night, and that could hurt these guys. Uh, I really want to know ADPs. And I, this is, it's, it's such a cop-out on a, a show like this, but I'm taking it. I mean, if a guy like, you know, if a guy like Oubre is getting drafted at 50, I'm not touching him there. If he's getting drafted at 100, then obviously there's some value. But, I mean, you're more confident, I think, than I am that people forgot that he had a good stretch at the end of the year. He's only 23 years old. I mean, he's still really young, and he's shown already that he can improve. Um, the one thing you have to watch is his field goal percentage because in his first year, he was at 40.3. Next year, he's at 44.5. You would think that he would stay around that number and that it was just the first year where he obviously wasn't as solid. But if he's able to get his free throw percentage back up to where it was his rookie year, above 80%, dude, he, he could end up easily as top 50. Uh, what about Rubio? What about Ricky Rubio? He had some pretty unpleasant seasons with Utah. Nope. He's always hurt. He is hurt often. But, man, this feels like a spot where he could just pile up assists when he's on the floor. Oh, for sure. If you want to get an assist specialist, then by all means. But he can't shoot the ball. So he his cannot. So will hurt you. Um, threes, he'll get you one or so. Free throw percentage is good. Um, I don't know if he's going to be the guy that gets you the points, though, in, on that team. So high turnovers probably with how fast they're going to play. So uh, I don't know. I think it's just assists. I think you put him back closer to what he was doing with Minnesota than what he did with Utah. Do you agree on that at sentiment just in terms of like the stat makeup? Because his stat set changed considerably during his time with the Jazz. Like his assists fell off, steals fell off the map in Utah, and I think it has to do with them just playing a, an actual 
like get in front of your man defense where in Minnesota he could just gamble all the time and I feel like that should be back in Phoenix yeah I think that makes sense I think that's a very reasonable take so you could you cross your fingers here so like with Utah he played 77 games two years ago this year was not outstanding he played only 68 uh but he's gotten into the 70s a handful of times in his career I think I would take a shot on a guy like Rubio. I think he's kind of a depressed asset from the last two seasons where people got burned not once but twice on him. Uh, and he, to me, is a guy that could his, – his scoring won't change. You know, he's never going to take more than about 10 shots a game, and that's totally fine. But if he's if his job is just to, like, dribble around one guy and then kick it to Booker for a shot, that's a lot of shots that he could be – that he could get credited for an assist on where he doesn't even have to do anything. I think he could average eight and a half assists this year. Yeah, but where does he get drafted? That's the real question. I think the beauty is he got overdrafted two seasons in a row, and uh-huh. usually people learn their lesson from that. I hope. I mean, I, I think he could be I think he could be a top seventy guy pretty easily this year, and I think he'll get drafted later than that. Yeah, I, I'm fine going after him um, if you're going to go regular snake draft. Probably like I don't know eighth ninth round yep. because by then you probably have two point guards and Rubio will be your third point guard. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess the, the, the quick and dirty on that one, it, when we tie it back to kind of the two shows that I've done so far this week is, you know, we're, we're trying to hunt guys that are going to end the year inside the top 100. And I think we've found four already on this team. Yeah. Does that extend to five or six? Can Dario Saric get back inside the top 100? Because he was lost the last, well, last year. Uh, Tyler Johnson, does he play enough? I think that one's a a hard no. Mikhail Bridges, maybe because of his weird stat set. Yeah, but you, I mean, that's such a Dan guy. (laughs) It really is. So bad last year in so many stretches where... He's a guy, like we talked about several times, that he'll give you four points, six rebounds, three assists, and two steals. Yep. And it just looks bad. It does. It looks bad. But if you turn to that four points into 11, it looks a lot better. It's funny how that just the one stat is such a – it really colors the lenses by which we look at these guys. The only reason why he would have his numbers go up is because Phoenix is getting crushed in games, so their bench is playing more. I'm trying to run the numbers in my head of who can actually be on the floor and for how long. Uh, Devin Booker is going to be around his 35 minutes a game. That feels like a given. I don't see like there's any reason for that to tail off. Uh, the Ubre Rubio, Sharich contingent, or whatever you want to call those guys, to me are not necessarily locked in for 30-plus. So there are... There are some bench roles on this team that are going to probably be in that 25 to 30 minute range. Uh, and I, I, to me, I think that Tyler Johnson and, and Mikhail Bridges are probably those guys. I think they're going to soak up the bulk of the bench minutes. But you're right. I mean, he's a Dan guy. He's, uh, he's an old man without being an old man. He's an old man squad type of fantasy line. Three pointers, rebounds, steals, blocks, uh, and you know doesn't take that many shots. So he doesn't hurt you in anything. He's also an incredibly low turnover guy, so far more value in 9-cat than 8-cat. I'm going to say no to Tyler Johnson, no to Dario Saric, and yes to Mikhail Bridges, finishing inside the top 100. But, I, I mean, 
with with Sharich and Bridges, to me, I'm kind of splitting hairs there. I, I feel like they're actually both going to finish pretty close to that mark. And then the only one of those three that I think is not going to be close is Tyler Johnson. What about you for those three guys? Yeah, I think you're close. I'm not as high on Bridges as you are. Um, Which is not that high, by the way. <laughs> it's just it's high, just high enough. I think that Miles is the better Bridges. Uh, Miles was really good last year in different spurts. Mm. But, I mean, jeez Louise. you know where Mikhail Bridges finished last year? Well, I can pull that up quite quickly, actually. Uh, over the last... Open on Yahoo, at least in my league, he finished 62. For the year? Am I crazy? It says season rank, 62. Wow. That's higher than I expected. Is that totals or per game? Uh, totals, I'm guessing. Yeah, because I feel like he played a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I he mean, played all 82. Uh, he was right around the top 100 on a per-game basis, but he played every day, which is which is a skill, by the way, in the modern NBA. So I can't totally discount that. Uh, but yeah, I think he was 102 on a per game basis. Yeah, I think I may have to come around on him. I didn't realize. Uh, I mean, I'm not selling. I don't, I'm not selling that hard right now. I just think he's inside the top 100. He gives you everything. I mean, that's fine. He he gives you everything. I think he's better probably in roto than head to head because I think yeah. he can sink you some weeks in head to head. Um, yeah, he's but, not exciting uh, enough for head to head. You need I, you need guys that can win you categories. Yeah, I like him in roto. Yep, I'm with you on that one. Uh. Let's talk Dario Saric for a minute because he, he was a weird test case last year of a young player who just didn't fit because uh, year two, make sure I get these numbers right, year two in Philadelphia, it looked like he was starting to come around. He averaged almost 15 points, seven rebounds. He's not going to be a, a, a defensive guy. He only combined for one total steal and block together. But two and a half assists, he had two three-pointers, shot 45% with those threes mixed in. Uh, and then last year... He fell off a map, 10.5 points, 5.5 rebounds, 1.5 threes. His field goal percent came down. He's a good free throw shooter, so I guess there's that. But .7 combined steals and blocks? The only thing working in his favor is that Phoenix doesn't really have a strong backup power forward. I mean, I don't think it's going to be Frank Kaminsky. Your other option is to play a guy like Kelly Oubre at the 4, so, it, it, you know, there's, there's an opening here for Sharch to actually see minutes and get rebounds, but I just, God, a guy that does nothing on the defensive side, it's really hard for that type of dude to get inside the top 109 cat. Yeah, uh, if you need threes, if you find that your team is kind of short on threes and you need a big man that can maybe help you out in that category, I think Sarch is the guy that can help. Um, but to your point, it's really threes, points, and rebounds. Yeah. And, and not a whole lot else, and a guy that could really hurt your field goal percentage week to week. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I feel satisfied with the Suns. Do we want to add anything? I mean, Aaron Baines, I guess we could just quick glance if anything ever happened to DeAndre Ayton. Well, sure. I don't know, because there's Kaminsky and Czech Diallo. Yeah, I don't think we know. Ugh. This is a weird team, but I feel like the one thing we do know is that there's going to be some fantasy value there. I... I I think you and I both ended up on five guys in the top 100. Yeah, and so long, Rashawn Holmes. Oh, man. Poor Rashawn Holmes. Why couldn't he have gone to a team that didn't have six guys in the front court already? So, so sad. <laughs> but so don't worry. Sad. We'll be talking about him shortly. The Kings are our next step. Why don't we use that as our bridge here between teams? Ba-dum-bum. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Rashawn Holmes. 
poor Rashawn Holmes. I still hold out fleeting hope, and I know it's foolish because wait a minute, I got to pull up the list here because it's insane how many front court players the the Kings have. Uh, They're power forward. You is what they are. They are lots and lots of forwards between the Kings and the Knicks. I think you've got every power forward in the NBA. Yeah, I think so too. Every one of them. Uh, Okay, so here are the guys that are listed as either forward or center eligible on the Sacramento Kings. And I'm going to pull out... No, I don't think... I'm going to pull out the ones that I don't think are relevant, but that's like Tyler Lydon. Uh, And he's still 6'10". So the... Yeah, exactly. Um, He's he's like a third-year guy that's way down at the end of their roster. Uh, The guys that actually are going to be competing for playing time at the power forward or center position, and I'm going to read them uh, in no particular order, Harrison Barnes, Rashawn Holmes, Trevor Ariza, Nemanja Bialica, Marvin Bagley, Harry Giles, and you could even give an honorable mention to Caleb Swanigan, who is sort of a nobody really knows about him, uh, but he has shown little itty-bitty spurts. I think he was with Portland before this year, uh, although I might be getting that one wrong. So that was... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. When you oh, excuse me, eight, because I forgot Dwayne Dedman. I left oh. Dwayne Dedman off the list, who's definitely going to be playing. That's yeah. eight power forward slash center guys. You could if you even if you want to get rid of Caleb Swanigan, who's the question mark if he ever sees the court in that list. It's still uh, Giles Bagley, Bielitsa, Ariza, Barnes, Dedman and Rashawn Holmes. Brandon, seven power forward and center options on that team. That's tough. That's, That's tough. real tough. That's when you hope for injuries. You never want someone to be hurt, but that'll help clear things up a little bit. That's a log jam and a half. And you know Marvin Bagley's going to be getting first dibs at a lot of that stuff. Yeah, Bagley will play 30-plus. So you got 48 center minutes, 48 power forward minutes, 96 total. If you give Bagley, what, conservatively... 28 is that like the lowest number we could come up with there yeah there's no world where he plays fewer than 28 minutes right no right okay that gets us to 68 minutes between the other six guys yeah but you got to assume also that barnes and ariza could yep. play three. Oh boy those guys at the three would be ugly on a, on a fast-paced team yeah but it's possible that they're at the three god harrison barnes is like the he to me he feels like the slowest 27 year old that i've ever seen hasn't he doesn't it feel like he's been in the nba for 15 years he's 27 yeah he's born in 92 he was in the warriors like 10 years ago i know <laughs> exactly <laughs> but he's very big and, and stocky he doesn't move like a three anymore wow you know, he's six eight two thirty yeah that's surprising so there so anyway if we want to stretch it to guys that could play the three on this team then you also have to include uh bogdan bogdanovich Buddy healed, uh, and that's probably it. Those well, are the only. Buddy's in the backcourt with De'Aaron Fox, right? Right. He's probably going to play more two than three. But I mean, if again, if we're talking about logjam stuff, because De'Aaron Fox will be the point, Buddy will be the two. I legitimately have no idea who's starting at the three for this team. Probably Bogdanovich, right? No, yeah. maybe. Yeah, he's six six. That's... He could play the three. Although that the the other Bogdanovich is better. I agree. Also bigger. Yeah. Uh, um, so anyway, the point of all of this is there's a lot of freaking names on this team. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I don't think Deadman's going to start, is he? 
Oh man, how could you? Stedman's how, the guy that's sexy out of those names. Yeah, he's, I agree. Really <laughs> he's a total Bespris guy too. Yeah, I mean that's a guy that can get you twenty and fifteen in a game with four threes. I mean that that's ooh la la. He had some uh, sweet ones with Atlanta last year. Ended up averaging, by the way, eleven and eight with over a steal, over a block, and over a three a game. He was a one 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 guy last year, which is pretty elite company. And where did he finish? He probably finished what top sixty, top seventy. Yeah, I believe he was. He hovered around the top fifty for a long stretch. Uh, I'll see if I can figure out where the heck he ended up because I have this thing. Sorted by totals right now. Let's go back to uh, 48 inside the top 50. Yeah. But here's the thing. He did it in 25 minutes a game last year. He yeah, can get see, close to that. He could do it. I mean, if you start Bagley at the four and, I don't know, would Deadman start at the five? Is that Yeah, possible? that was where he played with the, with Atlanta, seven-footer. Yeah, yeah, but is that possible that he'll be the one that starts? Uh, I think so, right? Ariza's not starting. No, There's, I don't think so. Who shot in hell Ariza's starting? I don't know why they signed him. That was the stupidest move in the world. I don't understand what they're doing with him. Um, I agree. That's a weird one. It just doesn't make sense. Someone that actually needs like defense should have signed him. Uh, the, just... uh, here, as, a, as a funny point of reference, um, Trevor Reese has been in the NBA for 15 seasons. The second most experience of anyone on the Sacramento Kings was also a free agent signing this offseason. Can you guess who it was? Oh. <laughs> Played with Indiana last year. We haven't was even it, gotten to backup point guard on this team. I say, was it uh, what's it called? The, Corey Joseph. The, Corey yeah, Joseph filled in for Carlson. Yeah, eight-year NBA guy. Harrison Barnes, seven years in the NBA. Uh, Dwayne Dedman, six years in the NBA. Almost everybody that they brought in were the guys that have some experience. And then <laughs> this is this is the part that actually amuses me the most. Once you get past Dwayne Dedman's six years, the most experienced player on this team is Rashawn Holmes. Yeah, that's wild. Because I mean, Holmes will play off the bench. you got to assume, by the way, that Ariza gets moved and gets bought out and goes somewhere at the deadline. It just doesn't make sense for him to stick around on that team. So I think we may get more clarity than you think. Um, the fun thing will be to see where Dedman goes in drafts. Because that's the guy we talked last week about roster construction mm-hmm. and what you do late in drafts. And I'm curious to see – you talk about ADP. I'm curious to see where Deadman's going. I would hope that he's going outside the top 80 or top 90 just because people know that he's going to have to fight for minutes, um, ideally. But if he's a guy that does go around there, I'm happy having him sit there for a bit, knowing that eventually it will clear up. Yep, I agree. I'll take Deadman. I think he finishes inside the top 100 this year. Yes. Uh the other guys that are bubbly on the top 100, do we think Rashawn Holmes can actually get inside? Oh, you love him so much. I don't, I don't think he does this year. No, I don't think so. I don't think he'll really get enough minutes. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. I, you know, I'm, I'm a pragmatic story. I love Rashawn Holmes, and, and we know that he can do it in 20 minutes a game. I, just, I don't think he's getting 20 minutes a game on this team. I'd like to see him get moved. I would too, but I don't think he's going to because he's, he's such a perfect bench like firecracker. He's perfect for this team because they're just they're running, they're gunning, they're going nuts. And this is he's in his home, but they 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 put like six padlocks on the door, so he's got to get past all these Bielitsa and and Ariza and Deadman and all these other names that I was listing off. And let's not even forget that Harry Giles is probably going to play a little bit this year. Does uh, Nemanja Bielitsa see any minutes this season? I'm inclined to say that last year was his sort of flash in the pan. 
Yeah, he had a good stretch last year. Congratulations he to him. He, he really was solid at a couple different points. But, no, I, I don't think that's a guy that I'm going to have on my team. I think he looks closer um, to the guy from the year before that averaged about seven points, four rebounds, than the guy yeah. from last year. Uh, this last season, after his torrid start, he actually finished outside the top 110. Uh, that tells you how long he was then not good after the quick beginning. He ended up averaging uh, 9.6 points, 6 rebounds, uh, 1.33s, 0.7 steals and blocks. Same number in both of those categories. So he really did fall off a cliff as they started to go younger and less. Um, and he's like a tire on two little legs. He is the... He has one of the strangest NBA bodies that's that's out there right now. I I I ask all of you to just go watch Nemanja Bjelica move around. It looks crazy. He he doesn't look like he should be able to keep up. And then for stretches, he he uh, he doesn't actually keep up. <laughs> I think the one positive about all these big men that we're bringing up is that probably means you should pre- feel pretty damn safe about drafting Fox and Heald really early. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing standing in De'Aaron Fox's way. Yeah. Uh, this is something actually that I talked about on the postmortems with the Kings, whatever, whenever the hell that was. I don't think you and I had the Kings together. I don't think so. No. Um, so my thought was that maybe we did actually, because I remember talking about Bagley. Yeah, maybe we did have the Kings. Someone else can can, can call us on that. So uh, Darren Fox, we... uh, he finished at sixty eight last year in nine cat, which I think is going to surprise some people, and Fox? it's not. Yeah, uh, Darren Fox. Fox. I'm sorry, I may have said the wrong name there. Uh. And it's not all because of turnovers. He had 2.8 turnovers a game, which is not great, but also not bad. Uh, interestingly, the stuff weighing him down was a lack, generally, of three-pointers. He just had one per game. Uh, and a medium-volume, low free-throw number. He was 72.7% on five free-throws per game. Uh, he is an insane young talent in the NBA, and nobody can stay in front of him. But at the end of last year, he ended up being largely a steals assists guy because even his scoring was not that far above the league average. I guess the question I have for you, Brandon, and we can try to sort this out together, is where does his game evolve? Can his free throw number get better? Can his three-pointers come up? Uh, does, Does his scoring increase this coming year? Because if the answer to all three of those is yes, then he takes a big leap forward I think if the answer to two of those three is no, then he's going to be a guy that gets overdrafted. Well, field goal percentage also. I mean, do you really do we think he's going to set at forty six percent again? Because he was at forty five point eight as opposed to forty one his rookie year. So that's another one that most of these guys do tend to take that leap and not fall back to their rookie numbers. So that's the question though with, with Fox because uh, you would assume that he could continue to increase the scoring and continue to increase the threes. Um, but that's a gamble that you take. I mean, that that's one of those third-round picks where you're taking the upside, and that could end up hurting you down the road as well. Yeah, so I think my take on, on these two guys, and by the way, Buddy Heald finished last year at number 38 in 9-cat. I, I think it'll surprise a lot of people to hear he finished 30 spots ahead of De'Aaron Fox. Uh, I think De'Aaron Fox gets drafted in front of Buddy Heald despite that discrepancy from last year? I think that's a possibility. Now, I don't know where they're going to go. <laughs> I think they're very close to each other around that third or fourth round. Yeah, I think Fox goes I think Fox goes in the 30s or 40s, and I think Heald probably goes in the 50s. 
So I think you're going to see more Buddy Heels on my team than De'Aaron Foxes. Uh, also, by the way, uh, I've watched a lot of Luke Walton in, over the years here <laughs> at the Lakers. Um, I have no idea what the rotations are going to look like because two seasons back in L.A., he basically just benched Julius Randle for like four months of the season for no apparent reason. So things could get a little bit weird on this team. Yeah, I like Heald, though. I like him a lot. He he was a guy that put up some really good numbers last year. He showed some nice growth. I don't know that he can get better from where he was. That felt kind of like a topping out point. Yeah, uh, he's got good vision, though. Yeah, and low turnovers, which is good yeah, for Nine Cat. Yeah, just remember that he was at Oklahoma. He was a monster. But then it also came out that he's like 30 years old and not 25, so that <laughs> that's not that's not true. It's an exaggeration. But he was a year older than people thought. He's, by the way, Buddy Heald, uh, is only six months younger than Harrison Barnes. What? Yeah. No way. I know. Is that mind-boggling or what? They're the same age? They're the same age. They're both born in 92. Uh, Barnes, May, and Buddy, December. Okay, so it's seven months. Heald's been in the league for like three two years. or three years. Yeah, Barnes seven. Isn't that crazy? Get out of here. I know. Mind-boggling. So, I don't, you know, that to, to that point, neither one of those guys is getting any better at 27. They're in their prime now. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I'd rather have Heald than, than De'Aaron Fox. That's still important to know. I mean, if you think that Heald's a young pup that is just going to improve. It's good to know that his age is higher than we think. Oh yeah. He'll be 27 during this NBA season. Yeah, He's not a prospect anymore. This, this is a mostly finished product. Yeah. Crazy. Now there is someone on this team who we haven't talked about yet, who is quite young, uh, barely, barely born in the previous millennium, uh, millennium. And that's Marvin Bagley, who is March 14th, 1999. So he is a pup. And he's going to play a fair amount this year, right? Yes, good player. Hope his free throw percentage improves. He was number 143 on the season last year. Some of that was injury. Some of that was having his minutes yanked around early in the year. But you're right, 69% free throw. And he's going to get to the line this year. I mean, he's going to get fouled. That's that's a little bit scary for me. And I think he's going to get drafted higher than I'm willing to take a guy with that potential downside there's a lot of upside involved in a guy like Bagley right because he scored he rebounded steals blocks field goal percent low turnovers does a lot of nice stuff but there's that one looming question mark I think it does get a little bit better don't you think it comes up a tiny bit from 69 yeah you would hope so I also would that'd be one guy that I would look really closely at during the preseason and see how he starts free throw percentage wise I mean I mean just just watch does he look comfortable at the line is he making his free throws? I think that'll actually dictate more than it should. But it, I think that's one thing that's really important to look at. I think that's one preseason number that's important for uh, us fantasy basketball nerds to check out. That's a beautiful point that you just illustrated, by the way. And just a quick note on on Marvin Bagley's free throw percent. You're pointing at what fantasy enthusiasts, analysts, handicappers are watching. We're not even paying attention to whether or not he's going for 25 and 12 in the preseason. The only thing we're looking at is, is he shooting 75% at the line in those handful of games? Can And even that's a small sample size, but at least if you were thinking about drafting him, maybe you'd give yourself you know, an extra reason to do so. And if you're thinking about dodging him, you might be able to give yourself an extra reason to do that if the free throw number doesn't come up. It's not always about the entire picture. Sometimes you're just lasered in on one little thing. 
Yeah, he's going to get his points and rebounds. I'm not concerned about that. Uh, I'm concerned about if he's going to make his free throws. I mean, DeAndre Jordan came out really well last year, free throw percentage-wise, and that was huge. But I think it does help to see how they start. So when we look at this team now, let's go overall. And we'll, we'll, we'll tie a bow on Sacramento. Uh, I feel like that's a Seinfeld thing, Bob Sacramento. Uh, Buddy Heald inside the top 100. Yeah, that's an easy one. Yes. Uh, De'Aaron Fox inside the top 100. Yes. Yes. Both, I think, in the top 50, probably. Okay. So those guys, those guys to me are the simple ones. Um, yes. Marvin Bagley is he inside the top 100 this year? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're probably right. But I don't know if he's going to be as high as a lot of people say. Yeah, but he'll get more minutes. I, I really, his minutes were not good for the first three months, I think. Um, and then also he got hurt. So you got to remember that. Yeah, he was more like a 19-9 guy when he was playing a little bit more late. Free throw number was still terrible. Uh, so he was sitting outside the top 100 despite averaging 19-9. and nine. Um, But all that stuff is going to be a little bit better. So yeah, I'm with you. I think I think he's inside the top 100. That's three. Uh, Dwayne Dedman. Yes. I agree. That's four. <laughs> Harrison Barnes. No. I agree. He is. Is he the most boring player in fantasy basketball? He and Wes Matthews. <laughs> That's a Dallas connection there. Yeah. They're yeah. both useless. Yep. Harrison Barnes last year, by the way, averaged... Uh, well, let me get it for the full season here because this is looking just late. Well, maybe I should be more concerned with what he did late in the season because his numbers were lower with Sacramento, although his rebounding was better. For the season, he was at 16-5, and five, and he made two threes a game, uh, but he also shot 42% from the field, and much like... The aforementioned Dario Saric averaged just .8 combined steals and blocks. I want nothing to do with Harrison Barnes in traditional 8 or 9-cat situations. I mean, you could find like a points league type stuff where, you know, maybe he'd be a little bit more interesting. And he's going to play, but no, not inside the top 100. I miss Wes Matthews Portland. Oh, Wes Matthews Portland was like the first iteration of the the 3 and D that is... A lot of three. <laughs> he was very good. That was fun. He was taking like nine threes a game for stretches. And then he got hurt. And then he got hurt. And he's risked, he really hasn't been the same. Now he's he's not even an old man squad guy. He's he's like no. the two old man squad guy. Yeah. Uh, what are we at now? We, got, we had Heald. We had Fox. We had Bagley. We had Deadman. We're at four. Yes. That might be where we cap out. What about Bogdan Bogdanovich? I can't even tell you his numbers from last year. Uh, uh, not as good as people think is what I can tell you. Yeah. Number 125. What was it? Number 125 last yeah, year. Dropped a ton last year in my league. So yeah. if that's going to happen, I know he's probably not going to be a top 100 guy. Yeah. Horrible field goal percent. 41.8. Yeah. No, thanks. I'm, I'm with you. He's outside the top 100. He's going to play enough to find a way in for stretches. Uh, but unless that field goal number comes way up, and maybe it will a little bit, maybe it will, uh, I'd, I'd put him as about as close to the borderline as anybody on this 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 spot. But yeah, I'm probably fine. outside. That's fine, but I think that you'll be able to have enough guys in your team where he's probably going to end up being that last or second-to-last guy in your squad, and you'll probably end up dropping him for someone that gets hot. Agreed. Rashawn Holmes? Nope. Oh, this is a sad one. I'm going to end this show on a sad note. Man. <laughs> just just like us sad health-wise. Yeah. 
ailment. Happy ailment day to you. Rashawn. Ah, man. Wish that dude. Surely someone out there was going to offer him like 22 minutes a game. Maybe they, maybe they did promise him that. God, I'd be so excited if he came out and played 22 minutes their first game. It's possible. And I, again, blowouts, you never know. I will screenshot me peeing my pants in happiness if uh, if Rashawn Holmes gets 20 minutes a game on this team. I don't see it happening, but man, that'd be amazing. What part of that are you screenshotting? I guess it's not a screenshot. It's really more of a it's really more of a selfie. <laughs> I'm gonna get a selfie stick to take a picture of myself peeing in my pants. This is uh, take a picture of the wet pants. Yeah, I'm gonna take them off. I'm gonna lay them on the ground. Uh, and Thanks. then I'll take a picture. There you go. You heard oh, yeah. it here. Uh, August the 7th, 2019. You heard it. Put it on your calendar. For Sean Holmes averages 20 minutes a game, I will take a picture of the happiness pee in my pants. And it will be yours and not your son's. No, it'll be mine. He's wearing okay. a diaper, man. His his has coverage. I'm not. Mine's going straight through to the straight through to the jeans. Uh, uh, diaper for now. Diaper for now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. I guess by the end of the year, he probably won't be. Exactly. Holy hell time is fast maybe i'll just take a picture of my kid being on my pants <laughs> <laughs> oh lord brandon feel better hey you too dan yeah <laughs> what a time uh the rest of this week neil and josh coming up tomorrow uh adrian and coach on friday this is fantasy nba today hawaiian isles kona coffee and hoop ball presentation have a lovely wednesday everybody i will be back with you on monday show back tomorrow so long This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.